0: Everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to our YR chat for Sunday, May 19th, 2019. Oh wow! Most characters go out with a bang. Adam came in <laughs> with a bang! He's only been in town for four days, and somebody's already shot him. <laughs> Oh, who could it be? Who could it be? Well, I can tell you for sure who it's not. It is not Nick, no matter how they're trying to make it seem. If Nick were going to shoot anybody right now, it would be Victor. (laughs) And I think it would be justified. Don't you all agree? (laughs) Uh, I mean... I got to tell you, I was horrified with Victor this week and how callous he was trotting Adam over to Nick's house, walking on in there unannounced and expecting Nick to just allow Adam to see Christian. Christian is the boy who Nick has been busy raising and loving and calling son. But Nick didn't shoot at him. No doubt about it. Nick did not shoot at him, and neither did Billy. If Billy were going to shoot at him, he would have done it years and years and years ago. So that tells me that who ever shot Adam is somebody off screen, somebody we haven't seen yet. And I'm sure all of that will be revealed soon. But let's back up because I also feel like we didn't really have a chance to see Adam on screen before we were thrust into a whodunit It? So, I want to get your first impressions of our new Adam, Mark Grossman. Do you give him a thumbs up or a thumbs down? How are you feeling just first blush on new Adam? Go to yrchat.com, leave your vote, leave a comment. Do you give him a thumbs up or a thumbs down? I know it would be really easy to want to give a sideways thumb. But after one week, I'm just looking for your gut reactions on what you think of the new actor playing this very important role. Listen, of course we've got to give the new guy a chance. He's got not one, but two sets of really, really big shoes to fill. He is not going to ever be Michael Mooney. And he's not ever going to be Justin Hartley. We just have to accept that. He is going to give us a different version of Adam. And I do accept that. But I will also say, I feel a little bit nervous. One thing that I did not pick up on from just looking at his photos prior to actually seeing him on screen... It's the fact that he is so young. That was my first impression. The first thing I thought when I looked at him was he is so young. Look at this baby face. So I Googled him. He was Mark Grossman, born in 1987, which makes me feel old and icky. He's 32 years old. Now, just to put it into perspective, Michael Mooney, and Justin Hartley are both in their 40s. Mooney's 43, and Hartley is 42. So, YNR has cast a decade younger version of Adam. And, I I mean, it's not a problem, but it's it's just something that I can't help but notice. He doesn't quite fit in visually the same way as the previous Adam did with his peers. Sharon Case is 48 years old. She looks stunning. Um, But I will say, I can see it. I can see... a difference, an age difference in 48-year-old Sharon Case standing next to Mark Grossman at 32 years old. And again, that age difference doesn't matter to me per se. I mean, we're, I'm I'm ready to hop on board the Tracy and Kane train right now. So it's not that it bothers me in terms of, you know, relationship dynamics or anything like that, but I can see it and I didn't see it or detect it or notice it in any way with the previous version of Adam. This Adam, Mark Grossman, is also younger than Melissa Claire Egan. She, FYI, Chelsea, is 37. Uh, so she's a little older. And just to toss another one out there, Josh Morrow is 45. Um, so jo- so Nick would be the older brother, and he's <laughs> 10 years older than Adam. So I guess, I don't know, I guess maybe that works. But I also got to tell you, Josh Morrow don't look like no 45-year-old man that I know. I was shocked to see that he was 45. He looks really, really good. But, you know, I, I just, I have to throw it out there because it was something that I noticed that I wasn't prepared for, and it also makes me wonder if maybe is not going to be pairing our new version of Adam with the same old crew. Maybe he's going to be working a little bit more closely with the 20 and 30-somethings on the show. Maybe Weinar is going to get rid of some of those old love triangles and develop some new ones instead. Y&R is certainly moving full steam ahead with the Adam story. They are putting him front and center. And I also found it interesting that the writers decided to quickly wipe away the fact that the character of Adam had broken out of prison. At the time of his presumed death, he he was a convicted felon and then was broken out of prison and then early in the week, Nikki informs us that thanks to Victor's magic, Adam is just a free man right now. We are not even going to deal with any of that old stuff. Victor made a phone call to the governor, (laughs) got all of the charges against Adam dropped. It's funny how that worked isn't it? The Victor can just make that phone call and get it all wiped away. Nikki must have been like damn Victor I was just in prison for a full month. All you had to do was call the governor to get Adam's sentence commuted. He ran over a little girl and you broke him out of prison. And I think, wasn't it while Adam was being transported? It was basically the same situation that Nikki just went through, getting convicted, being transported to prison, then getting broken out of prison against her will. It was the same thing that just happened to Nikki. And Victor wasn't able to call old governor and get that taken care of, lickety-split for her. Did Adam thank Victor or acknowledge to Victor that those charges were just taken care of on his behalf? Or is Adam saving all of his gratitude for Sharon? (laughs) Kind of hard not to notice what's going on between those two. It was Sharon who convinced Adam to come back to Genoa City after uh, some very intense conversations in Vegas with lots of standing very close to each other and sitting very close to each other and gazing into each other's eyes. It was Sharon who was able to convince Adam to return to Genoa City. So Adam packs up his black leather jacket and his other black leather jacket And all of his black button-ups. And he puts them all into a suitcase. And he returns to Genoa City with this suspicious smile on his face. Returning to the town that he never really felt comfortable calling home. I just am not convinced, you guys that Adam has amnesia at all. I mean, maybe he did have amnesia at some point, but he also admitted more than once during the week that he had looked up information online about this Adam Newman and said that he didn't like what he read about Adam But he didn't really mention anything about what he saw. Surely, if he had gone online and looked up pictures of Adam Newman, he would have seen some photos of himself. He's the son of a billionaire. He was, not that long ago, convicted of a crime. You would think there would be tons of photos of him on the internet, and you would think that seeing himself might have jogged some memories. You would think that maybe seeing some photos of himself with his family members would have jogged some of those memories. Victor puts Adam on the private jet, brings him back to Genoa City, brings him back to the ranch, and is practically ready to hand Adam the keys to the kingdom already. He did in fact hand him the keys to the techie house. (laughs) That's where Adam will be staying, the tacky house. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness that that place got a remodel because I would not have wanted to see our new Adam hanging out next to that old hat rack. It was just a rack of hats (laughs) in the old set. It was a rack of hats that didn't belong to anybody. They were just decorative. Decorative hats. (laughs) I feel that the new tacky house is much more sophisticated. It's hardly tacky at all. It's very horse-oriented. There are lots of statues of horses. There are pictures of horses. There are pictures of jockeys. I also counted four separate world globes. There's a a cluster of three globes in the living room and then there's an additional globe on the floor next to the kitchen. I don't understand why he needs all these globes. When you have one globe, you do not need three more backup globes. They do not go down when the internet is out. (laughs) There's just so many horses and globes but it's better than Hat Rack. (laughs) I'll take horses and globes over Hat Rack any day. And the new tack house also has a fully stocked bar with a little space underneath of it that is large enough to fit a big old duffel bag full of money. I think it was Tuesday Adam was seen shoving a big bag of money up, like hiding it up under the bar. I'm presuming that he brought that money with him, and as a professional gambler if that's what he's been doing it's no big shock that he would be carrying large amounts of cash with him in fact sharon saw the bag of cash asked him about it later on in the week and he basically said that this was his safety net this is this is his money you know this and this is how he likes to carry it apparently but the thing is even though i don't think the money itself is necessarily inherently suspicious it is suspicious that he's been texting with some mystery person as soon as he got to Genoa City he sent a text message to someone saying that he he's arrived he's safe and everything is going smoothly That's pretty innocuous. He could have been talking to that re-saw woman or anybody just letting him know he arrived in town. But then on Friday, he received a text message telling him to just lay low that there were going to be details to follow. So I don't know. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's a red herring. Or maybe Adam does have amnesia, and the person behind these text messages is manipulating him for revenge against the Newmans. I'm wondering if it's possible that maybe Adam is the Manchurian candidate. Either Adam has amnesia and he is innocent and he doesn't know what's happening to him or he is working with someone and if he is working with someone, then what does he want? What is his motive? What would be his motive for being there? I don't know that piece of it. I mean, I know what everybody else wants. Everybody else's motives are completely clear. We know what Victor wants. I think Victor wants a do-over. Victor wants to do things right this time with the son that he thought was dead. That makes sense to me. I mean, the way that Victor brought Adam back to Genoa City, first stop, dragging him through Newman Enterprises, taking him to the helm, right to his desk, right to his office, showing him his portrait. i i, I it, it it was suspicious on Victor's part honestly, but although completely transparent, Victor was trying to remind Adam of his superior business acumen, and the whole thing gave me flashbacks of when Adam was first introduced onto the show as an adult. Victor brought Adam onto the scene as a Harvard graduate, and he showed him preferential treatment above his other children. Victor has been showing preferential treatment among his children for years. (laughs) I mean, the ones who are most like him are gold, so that's kind of Adam and Victoria, and then the others, Nick and Abby, they get the leftovers. See, Adam gave, or Victor gave preferential treatment to Adam over Nick and Victoria, and he gives preferential treatment to Nick and Victoria over Abby. I really feel for Abby right now. Abby is the last person to know anything. She's the last family member to learn that her half-brother was back from the dead, Thanks, maybe you could have sent me a text message or something about that. Abby was ticked, and it, she's right to be ticked. It, I, I, it totally reinforces that she made the right decision in getting out of these family companies so that she can start her own thing and not be beholden to them. Plus, it gives her lots of time to socialize and get hit on by Nate. Nate? Nate? He's trying really hard to convince Abby to go out on a date with him, and he's got all these his his approach. Uh, he's got corny jokes, uh, and and he's he's and he's also trying to be someone who can lend an ear to her. I don't know. He's just maybe working a little too hard to get Abby's attention and to get her to go out on a date with him. She's told him twice. Already, that she is not ready to start dating, and he keeps trying. See, the thing about Nate's character that needed to be reworked with the recast is that Nate has a tendency to be really overbearing with the people in his life. And I think that Abby and Nate could be a hot couple, but I'm gonna need him to give her a little bit of space. I'm gonna need him to let her come to him, or a few weeks from now, I am gonna be complaining about him smothering her. Twice this week, twice. Victor showed up unannounced at Nick's house with Adam. First, it was just to force the two guys to talk it out. And Nick was like, hey, buddy, um, you already came back from the dead once and you tried to frame me for your murder. So welcome home and all. But I don't trust you. (laughs) Which is kind of how I feel. And then the second time, it was part of a last ditch effort to try to help Adam regain his memory by laying eyes upon Christian. Victor guilt trips Nick into allowing Adam and little Christian to have this uncomfortable and unfruitful meeting together. Christian looked absolutely terrified of Uncle Adam. Could not even look him in the eye. (laughs) It was cruel. It really was. It was cruel to Christian, and it was cruel to Nick. And even Adam was like, hey... This is not cool, Victor. Nick, just so you know, this was not my idea. I don't want this. I'm not trying to start anything here. And it's significant that Nick seemed to fully understand that. This time... Adam was not the one doing the manipulating. It was all Victor. So that's why I think there's absolutely no way that Nick would now just, out of the blue, decide to pick up a gun and shoot Adam. Nick didn't have to let Adam and Christian see each other, but he did. He ultimately made that choice. I think Nick, as much as he loves his son, also doesn't want to block the relationship with Christian and his biological father, which is something that I'm sure a lot of parents who have adopted children have to go through and have to process. So I don't think Nick on any plane of existence, is going to shoot Adam right now. And also, Nick seems to have an alternative plan in mind for dealing with Adam. For the first time, toward the end of this week, finally, Chelsea's name came into the mix. Chelsea, and also, you know, Adam's other son, Connor, you know, (sighs) Connor... The one he gives preferential treatment to? Am I right? The one who he decided not to give up? I mean, Adam straight up switched paternity test results to make it look like Christian wasn't his. So, (sighs) I think it's pretty clear that Adam, right from the jump, he wanted Sage and Nick to raise that kid. He made sure that he wasn't involved in Christian's life. And then after Sage died and after Adam died, Chelsea was very clear about wanting Nick to raise Christian. Everybody wants Nick to raise Christian. But I also understand why Nick feels threatened. We see him on Friday open up a text message conversation that he's had with Chelsea. Now, these are text messages that she has sent to him over the course of the past year that he has kept, but that he has not responded to. Chelsea is just giving Nick her new number, giving him a way to reach her, and she's also expressing a desire to make amends with him and up until now Nick has just ignored it put it away in a little box in his mind not done anything with it but now that Adam is back and now that people are starting to talk about where is Chelsea we need to let her know maybe Nick thinks now is the time to reach out to her. Is there any chance that chelsea is the person who adam has been texting with i just wonder or who knows a left field out of left field theory is there any chance that chelsea's the one who shot adam i don't know i just don't know at this point i mean perhaps it could be chloe Chloe is presumed dead by everyone in town, but we all know that she is still alive and she is living off screen with Kevin as her caretaker. The Delia situation was brought up, and it was focused on quite a bit this week. Delia's parents are Chloe and Billy, and of all of the characters on screen and off with a motive to kill Adam, it would probably be one of them. I mean, Chloe is unstable. She tried to kill him before. I think she's the one who lit the match on the cabin explosion. Uh, and Billy also has tried to kill Adam before, but I mean, there's just no way. Billy is in a good place right now. We are seeing signs of that everywhere. I feel awful for Billy, of course. I'm sure that Adam coming back from the dead is literally unearthing all of these feelings that he thought were buried, and now he has to go through it all again. And he's going through it, too, right at a point in his life where he is trying to be happy. He's reuniting with Victoria. And he and Victoria are planning a, we're not engaged, we're not getting married, but we want to have a party to announce that maybe someday we will party. (laughs) Oh, that should be fun. Maybe next week or something. Maybe there'll be some big reveal around that party. I got to tell you, though, I absolutely cringe, cringe at the thought of traveling back down this path of Delia's death and who's to blame and yada yada. Those were some of the darkest days on YNR. I am not anxious to relive them. I hope we're skipping forward after this week acknowledging it. Because I do also think that it would be impossible to reintroduce the character of Adam without explaining everything that happened with Delia and without establishing what the relationship is between he and Billy specifically. I don't think you could get around not mentioning... Delia, but I'm hoping that YNR is going to move it on forward after that. I think, though, that the I, I could be wrong, but I kind of think that maybe the current writer wrote that storyline. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. But, yeah, I'm just not anxious to hear or see any of that again. I mean, I felt bad. Victor, ugh, ugh, Before before even deciding to go the Chelsea and Connor route, he planted a photo of Delia at the tack house for Adam to find... Again, that feels cruel. It feels cruel on Victor's part. He's getting desperate now. And Adam finds this photo. He asks Sharon about it. Sharon's like, it's not really my place to explain what happened with that, so let me give Victoria and Billy a call. I'm going to arrange a meeting so you can talk to them, get answers about who this little girl is. And I tell you, it was a tough one. It was a tough meeting. And if there is... Any argument to be made for Adam genuinely having amnesia, it would be this conversation. I mean, who could look Billy, the father who lost his daughter in the face? I mean, could Adam really look Billy in the face and pretend that he did not know what happened? It would be a special kind of cold if um if he could do that but again if adam is pulling a con then part of being a con artist is committing to it adam would have no choice but to keep up the ruse which means pretending that he doesn't recognize christian and pretending that he doesn't know what happened with delia so the question is do you trust adam do you think he's up to something? Um, Do you believe that he has amnesia? These are all of the questions that are on my mind this week, and just because he got shot doesn't take away my suspicious, uh, my suspiciousness, my suspicions of him. I still feel it. Now Sharon, on the other hand, believes wholeheartedly In Adam and his innocence and that he's telling the truth beyond a shadow of a doubt. Sharon is Adam's main ally right now. And mm, I want to believe it's genuine. I would love to believe it's genuine. But I think that there's a very good possibility that Adam could be playing Sharon like a fiddle. He knows exactly what to say to her. He knows exactly what language to use when he talks to her. He knows exactly what strings to pull. Right down to the fact that he had a triggered memory standing in Sharon's house of all places. He didn't know what it was, but he had a sense of familiarity being in Sharon's house. See, I think it's possible that Adam could want Sharon to feel like she is the one and only person who could reach him. That is how she feels too. And it, it, it's... It could make Sharon really, really look like a fool here because if Adam is using Sharon in some way, it makes sense that he would want to develop her as a willing ally for whatever phase two of his plan is. I was really anxious on Friday to get the results of the Rosales baby paternity test because earlier in the week, It was revealed that the baby was fine, it was revealed that Mia was fine, and Paul agreed to not press charges against her or against Ray, so everybody was free and clear, all things were equal, and I knew that if that baby turned out to be Ray's... Then we would be getting an announcement right around the corner that that Ray was getting ready to leave the show, that the actor had been cut. I mean, Adam and Sharon are spending a lot of time together right now, and Ray is way too calm about it. (laughs) Ray is being way too supportive. Way too comfortable. Moving into Sharon's house next week. Spending more time with Faith at Faith's request. I mean, Faith really just wants to get to know all of the men who are important in Sharon's lives. (laughs) See, this this could be bad news right around the corner. This is how you can tell that Ray is the new guy in town. Because he seems to be naive enough to think that his love with Sharon is strong enough to survive Adam coming back from the dead. But in the end... The paternity test results confirm that Arturo is the father of Mia's baby and when Mia and Arturo are together when they learn the information and she looks at him and says, this is what I wanted. Um, they have a, 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 a long talk together and in fact, Ray and Arturo and Mia all had a long talk together, trying to make some peace within the family, regardless of what the test results were going to be. But Mia and Arturo seem to accept it and they agree that it's best they they go back to Miami to raise their child together and prepare for this next part of their lives, which is is very big. And I'm sure that it is going to be a, a a tearful goodbye to them probably next week. What I did not see coming, though, um, it, it just wasn't completely clear. It was completely clear to me that YNR was choosing to cut out part of the Rosales family when, you know, they decided to send... Arturo and Mia packing back to Miami. It seemed, it did start to seem like they were gonna keep Ray. It seems like they wanted to focus some story around Ray cutting out the Mia and Arturo part of the Rosales family and bringing on Ray's mom. Instead, we had a casting notice this week that Ava LaRue has been cast as Celeste Rosales, the mother of Ray and Lola Rosales. Um, all my children fans might know her. She was Dr. Maria Gray, I think it was. I don't I don't know her from Adam I don't know a thing about her um, except that she's beautiful I saw some photos of her she's gorgeous and she definitely does not look old enough to be Ray's mom she must have had him early <laughs> I, I, I don't know anything about the actress's temperament or what the character will be like but it's a little exciting that we're getting someone new she's definitely gonna be known as Ray's hot mom <laughs> They're just, everybody's gonna be like, oh yeah, Ray's hot mom, you know her? Have you seen her around town? The, co- the only question is who, who will be the first Genoa City man who will bed Ray's hot mom? I wonder what Mama Rosales will have to say about Kyle and Lola. Kyle this week asks Lola to liver together. I mean, live together. Yeah, I wonder if Mom Rosales is not going to like them living in sin. I don't know. Well, I think Kyle and Lola living together is not a, a bad thing. I, I think they need to get their own place, though. Um, I mean, if or who knows if. Ray's moving in with Sharon. Maybe Kyle and Lola could live in Ray's old place above the coffee house. I mean, it's there. It's a cute little set. Yeah, I mean, as much as I would like to see more of the Abbott House, you know, I love that set in particular, I can see how (laughs) it might not quite be Lola's speed uh, hanging around that mansion. And a new relationship deserves a a new place. Not um, not the place where Kyle's soon-to-be ex-wife has just moved out of. Yeah, they need a fresh start. So does Summer. You know, it has to be hard for Summer to walk into the Abbott Mansion, seeing Lola and Kyle pool canoodling in the place where she was just living with Kyle as his wife a couple of days ago. I mean, all of this has happened so quickly. I think everybody needs a fresh start, but... So far, it just feels like Summer has been redirecting all of her energy into trying to drive a wedge between Kyle and Lola, and it is so pointless. She makes up this story about how Theo and Nazanin are about to pull out of the Jabot Collective deal, all because Kyle chose to go home and be with Lola instead of focusing on his career and going out and partying with them. Kyle realized that that was BS right away. He's known Theo a long time. He busts Summer out on her drunken lie. He calls her out in front of Lola. And the very next morning, when Summer shows up to the office, hungover, Kyle makes sure that he is very loud and obnoxious in her general direction, which I think was very funny. (laughs) But, gosh, I just don't know where where we can go from here. I mean... It's just, it. Summer's not going to get what she wants from Kyle. So she also decided that she wanted to try to convince Jack to to give Kyle some other duties on the Jabot Collective project, maybe so that she doesn't have to work with him so much. It's just getting way too uncomfortable. Jack agrees. I think that watching Summer continue to go for Kyle so desperately, while he can barely stand to be in the same room for with her, it's not good for the company and it's not good for the individual players. I mean... Is there anything at this point that could tear Kyle's focus away from Lola? Because I don't think so. Short of Mrs. Rosales deciding to throw some kind of wrench into Kyle and Lola's relationship, I I just can't believe that there is a Summer-Lola-Kyle triangle anymore. Kyle has made his choice, and I don't think there's anything that Summer can do to change that. I know that we have been speculating for weeks now about Lauren and Jack. I think two weeks ago, we had the poll question where I asked you guys if you would like to see a Jack and Lauren romance. 90% of you said, no, I don't want a romance there. And even though YNR is making it look like there still could be, I don't think we have to worry at all. I'll tell you what I think is going on here. See, Lauren has already had her storyline where she was stepping out on Michael. You know, Carmine, she had that whole affair. What I think YNR is getting ready to build here is Michael and Phyllis. You see, this new writing team is preparing for the switchover where Gina Tognoni sails off into the sunset, Michelle Stafford comes back, and they know that Michelle Stafford's Phyllis had a great on-screen chemistry with Christian LeBlanc's Michael, and I think they want to recapture that. I think Lauren is going to become so interested in finding Jack a date and setting him up That it will make michael a little bit jealous. And I also think that Phyllis is going to be so preoccupied with her revenge plan on Jack and Jabot, she's going to be pissed at Lauren for aligning with Jack. So what it's setting up is Phyllis and Michael being allies and Lauren and Jack being allies. Maybe something happens with an affair, maybe not, but it gives Michael and Lauren a challenge to overcome in their relationship, which is what the viewers have asked for, more Michael and Lauren. And I think that Jack and Phyllis will end up hooking back up in the end, too. There's nothing quite like an out of the blue, practically inexplicable business rivalry to get those juices flowing. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew that Tracy was going to write herself into her own story and then discover that she had feelings for her protagonist. And that is the question, YNR Chatters. Is Tracy swooning over her protagonist or... Is she swooning over Cain? Is she falling for this fictional character who she has created? Or is she falling for the real man standing right in front of her? I love it! I love how the lines between reality and fantasy are a little bit blurry here. Ugh! I, I was just delighted when I saw that Tracy decided to write herself into her story. Like, bye-bye, Lily. Lily was there last week, and now Lily just gone. Tracy has written herself into her own story as Flynn's business partner, giving him advice and straight talk <laughs> about this ex-wife dame of his and the case that they're trying to solve. But Tracy is also, in reality, brainstorming the plot of her book with Kane. And this week, one minute they are sharing ideas about the plot and the next minute Tracy (laughs) is picturing Kane sitting there on her living room couch shirtless and drinking a glass of lemonade. (laughs) Oh, that was my favorite moment of the week. I totally understand what she's going through. I picture Kane shirtless drinking a glass of lemonade on my living room couch all the time. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Kane's in my bed shirtless drinking the lemonade. And also, it's not lemonade that he's got in his hands. It's me. Okay, maybe I'm a little bit snarky. Okay, a lot a bit snarky. (laughs) That was our quote from last week, which a lot of people guessed was Mariah. Mariah said that to Tessa. Uh, She was admitting how she might have come off to Anna when uh, Tessa and Anna were having their brainstorming session about uh, Tessa's career. So congratulations, a lot of you guys, uh, including Anna, Brittany, Joanne, Lynn, Keisha, Heather, Cherie, Robbie, Jamie, Henry, Shelly, Laura, Jillian, Ellen, Sandra, Nancy, Justin, TB84, and Diana. You guys all guessed that one right. Here's a new line for the week, and I really think that this should be on a t-shirt or a button or an inspirational poster or something. You tell me who said this. You're an original be original. That needs... Seriously. I want a motivational poster that says that. You're an original. Be original. Mm. Let's keep that in mind for the week. That's just like... That's good advice. Who do you think said it? Whyrchat.com is the website. If you want to give it a guess, just go there. Type in who you think it is. If you get it right, then I will give you your shout out on next week's y in our Chat. getting back into the game, let's take a look at your comments for the week, starting out with the poll question that I asked you last week. Do you think that Anna is secretly threatening Mariah? Is is Anna the culprit behind all of Mariah's threatening text messages? 52% of you, the majority, said no. Don't think that Anna's the one behind it. But... 48% of you said yes. That is a really, really close vote. And I will say the majority of commenters that I heard uh, or read were saying that they don't think, and also hope that it's not Anna who is the culprit. A lot of people pointed out that Anna doesn't quite have the motivation to want to go after Mariah in that way, uh, which I think is a very fair point. Shakona, though, has another theory that's very good. Shakona says, it is Elena, people, that weird meeting between her and Mariah at the coffee house was not for nothing. She was so jarling toward Mariah, saying that she looks at her show and loves it. I don't know her motive, but she is definitely not to be trusted. Ooh, I think you knocked it out of the park, Shakona Why didn't I think of that? Oh, yeah, and then we saw that preview for next week's YNR where Elena is saying... Well, after all the talk of leaving Genoa City, that made me think about how I wanted to stay. So maybe she's playing all of us, including Devon. Just like setting him up to want her even extra and then maybe threatening to leave and then deciding to stay. Creating some extra moments and also covering her tracks a little bit. I mean, Devon... Is close with Mariah. They've been establishing that several times. Mariah has checked on him after Neil's death. So maybe Elena's just like getting close to Devon, and he's going to find out that she's been... Threatening Mariah, and we'll have a whole storyline about why? Yeah, I mean, you gotta admit, they really haven't done much with Elena other than letting her be the romantic uh, relationship that Devon is needing and wanting right now. There's gotta be something more there, so yeah, good one. Astra says, I honestly think that they might be setting up a love-hate-sexual tension between Mariah and Anna, It's a soap classic for potential lovers to clash at first and then hook up later. Hmm, yeah, yeah. You might be right. That's a really good idea, too. I think you both could very well be right. Yeah. Well... Leslie, commenting on last week's YNR chat, says, Allie, do you need us to come and save you from your doppelganger? When you said that you loved Devon coming in to the singing in his penthouse, my head snapped up because you have regularly said that you don't like singing. And specifically, when Anna came back, you said you hoped it wouldn't go there. Oh, no, I I agree. I am not a fan of the singing, Leslie. I, I, I think what I was excited about, I think, was more so that it gave Devon the idea for a party. I like the idea of him doing a benefit in Neil's honor and walking in and seeing Jet and Anna and Tessa singing around the piano is what gave him that idea. No, I mean... Yeah, the, the songs on the show are okay when they're well placed. I like it when they do a song at the end of the show and then you sort of see how the storylines cross over into each other. Maybe the last couple of minutes of the show are. It's a nice way to, I think, tell a story through the song. But when it's just busting out into song for no reason and it doesn't really service or tie into the plot in any way, then I get a little annoyed a lot annoyed. Okay, you're right. (laughs) A lot annoyed. I think a lot of it is me still mourning Neil, and I'm giving things a little extra leeway because of that, especially within the Winters family. But don't worry, it'll be back to annoying me soon. (laughs) Oh, Gary... Was watching the scene where Mia and Arturo were at Crimson Lights shooting the breeze about their future. And Gary says, I just realized that Mia and Arturo are a match made in heaven. I get it now. Mia would always have been under Ray's do good or thumb. She would always be a peon that had to please him and live up to his live up to his expectations, have to be the kind of woman that he feels would be worthy for him. Whereas Arturo, look how relaxed Mia is with Arturo. They're equals. I think these two could be happy together. And while it's a travesty to not make use of the character of Mia on the show, Arturo and Mia are a fit. They go together like cookies and milk. (sighs) I agree. Gary, and isn't it just like Y&R to make us like and connect in with a couple right as they are going out the door? I mean, with so much going on on the show right now, saying goodbye to the Rosales family seems a bit overshadowed I don't I didn't see as many comments this week about Mia and Arturo it was definitely one of the things that everybody saw but people weren't clamoring to talk about and I agree that Mia and Arturo were actually really great this week seeing them um, just side by side deciding to go into this new adventure together Uh, it was it was really very touching it seems ridiculous to get rid of them now I mean, first of all, Mia because she's fabulous. And but also Arturo because his mother's coming onto the show now. I mean YNR is saying, Okay, here's Celeste Rosales. She's the mother too Uh, Ray and Lola but her other son who's now just moving back to Miami which is presumably where she's moving from why would she want to move to Genoa City right as her son's getting ready to have a baby and move into the town that she's already in you know what I mean it doesn't exactly make sense YNR just wanted to expand the Rosales family but not in that way they had plans for the Rosaleses they said let's rework it let's see how we can you know finagle bring on a big name and boom We're going to just expand the Rosales in a different direction. I am bummed about that. Mia and Arturo, as you said, cookies and milk more so than at any other point uh, 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 of them being on screen. But, yeah, so next week I got a feeling, I mean, with everything that's going on with Who Shot Adam and Bliggity Blue, are we really going to be focused on the Rosales? I don't think so. I feel feel sad that they're going out with a little bit of a... (sighs) Yeah. Well, let's uh, switch on to other topics. We saw a lot less Summer and Kyle and Lola this week. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess they have. We, we're in the lovey dovey phase now with Kyle and Lola, so there's not as much action going on. But Diana says I think that Summer will get romantically involved with Theo, and then Kyle will become jealous, causing the problems for him and Lola. I think you're absolutely right, Diana. I mean, that is probably the direction that it's going to go now that we know Theo's going to be there and Summer was last seen making a phone call to him. So I think you're right, but it, I, it's also so boring and predictable, and if that's all Lionar is doing, Kyle is all about Lola, and then Summer gets a boyfriend, and suddenly Kyle's going to be back into her? Yuck. Yuck. He's so committed to Lola, and then he's just going to turn around and have eyes for Summer now just because she's gotten involved with his friend. I mean, unless Theo's a bad guy and Kyle's going to try to save Summer from something, even then, stay out of it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm over... I, we've had the triangle with Summer and Kyle and Lola. Kyle chose Lola, and I'm just ready to move on. Big time. Like, completely. <laughs> Oh, Tom P says, I think we need to give Jack a breather. No dating for a while. Between what Phyllis and Carrie did to him, he needs a break. Please. Yeah, I think he is going to get a little bit of a break. And who who knows who they'll pair him with ultimately. I'm more interested in seeing what Jack's reaction will be to learning that Adam is alive. Jack and Adam had this really special connection. It was almost the father-son connection that neither one of them had with their father or their son. So uh, it, it will be interesting to see how Peter Bergman plays that and how Jack will react to that and what that relationship will be. Will Adam ultimately join Jack at Jabot? Are we gonna pick back up those old rivalries? Will Adam be caught in the middle of the rivalry? I don't know. Leslie says, I am on board with you about Adam faking it. I hope it isn't too much of a spoiler, but on Monday. Now, uh, actually, I should have said Leslie left this comment, I think, Friday. But is noting that Monday show, last Monday show, when Sharon leaves Adam's Vegas room, you, you have to watch Adam's face. Because as Leslie says, did you see an ever so slight look on, like smile on his face? And not related to any spoilers, but I think he's already with Chelsea. And the reason, he, and, and he was the reason that she was grifting and stockpiling money before she left. I think they arranged for Victor to see him when they were ready. I also think that's why he kept Christian's picture and not Connor's because he's seeing Connor. Oh yes, oh Leslie, that's a great comment because absolutely, I saw the little smirk on Adam's face right before he got on the plane. Seemed like he was up to something. Of course, who knows, that could be a red herring. Weiner could be trying to lead us down that path. But more importantly, I love your point that Chels—that he is already knowing Chelsea. We know that right before she left town, she was skimming away money from Chelsea 2.0. She, remember, she stashed cash inside of Adam's urn vault. So that all of that was going on. It's probably the re-entry back into Genoa City that YNR was always planning for Adam. Uh, So I think they might have been laying those seeds when Chelsea exited. So you do make an excellent point that the cash could be related to that and also that they let Victor find Adam when they wanted him to. That's great. Great comment. Daisy says, I'd say that Nick... Is a whiny crying baby, but I don't want to insult babies. Didn't Adam already sign over his rights to Nick? Um, Nick, uh, Nick raising Christian was established a long time ago. Nick knows this. Why he didn't bring it up is beyond me. Oh. Daisy, good question. Does anybody know for sure? Did Adam sign over those rights? I don't remember. I remember it being implied that Adam didn't necessarily want to be a father to Christian, but I don't remember there being any documents. Are there any other YNR sleuths out there who can tell us or have any memory of an actual written document regarding Christian's parentage? Connor says, theory alert, what if the person who shot Adam was... Kevin. We all know that Kevin is Chloe's protector. What if Kevin has been secretly following Adam all this time, tracked him down to Genoa City, and is plotting his revenge? What a way to come home, Kevin. Oh, yeah, Connor, yeah. Kevin's got to come back onto this scene somehow. It could also even be that Chloe shot adam and now kevin's gonna come sweeping along behind doing cleanup i don't know but you probably do make a good point that whoever shot adam might be connected in there with kevin who he knows coming back to the show good one also i thought this was an interesting theory by daisy saying uh daisy says adam being shot could be a ruse by adam to ensure that Victor doesn't realize he's being played. Adam may be at the beginning of a con to get revenge on his father for having him jailed, bringing Chloe back to life, and ultimately hurting him and his family. Adam could have amnesia, but he could have got his memory back a while ago, and is the one who called Chelsea. Chelsea may be the one who shot Adam as part of this con, so he knew it was coming you know what, Daisy, that was my first thought too. I honestly, I trust Adam so little at this point that I thought that too, that he knew it was coming, that maybe Chelsea shot him and it was all part of their little plan. I guess it just depends on how bad YNR is going to make the new Adam. Are they going to make him a a good guy or are they going to make him a really bad guy? I mean, he would have to be a really bad guy to plan getting shot, (laughs) having someone shoot him. I mean, whoever shot him, it looked like they went for a death blow too if it was if it was a ruse they should have shot him in the thigh or, <laughs> or something oh anna says what if the real adam shot the fake adam or something like that something ridiculous like that oh That'd be good too. This see, there's just so many really good twists, twists and turns that this story could take, and you know why NER is gonna do none of them. <laughs> Us chewing the fat on these stories is far more entertaining sometimes than the show. I think. Well, Katie says, I know that in Soapland we need to stretch our imaginations at times, but I would like to say for the record, if for any reason this Adam has to leave the show. Can we please just let him move? This man has survived getting run over, car accidents, being shot, multiple explosions. I'm glad Adam is back, but I can't be the only one tired of watching the same Adam survived the blank (laughs) storyline. Gosh, you know, honestly, I forgot that Adam had died and that he came back from the dead and framed Nick for it. I forgot all about that, so that was a little bit of news for me. I should have done some research and maybe presented that storyline for a, a brain refresh, but I didn't. I mean, I'm, I mean, eh. Yeah. I I wasn't real happy to see the shooting. Mostly because it just moved so fast. I just thought, well, dang, we were just getting, I was ready to talk about the amnesia and does he really have it? And, and then all of a sudden at the very end of Friday's show, boom, a shot. And also I think it feels a little like a cheap trick. I mean, shooting a character and then the who, who, done it's it's a little bit of a cheap trick. I don't know, it's maybe not cheap, but it's used a hell of a lot, you know? It, it, it has to be well-timed and, and, and well done and only time will tell us to whether or not this will have been it. Ellen says, I'm going to have to do a lot of fast forwarding if they plan to recycle the Adam killed Delia BS. It was stupid and endless the first time around. Ah! Ellen, I am with you here. I am not interested in having this same old argument over and over again. Billy's fault. Adam's fault. Half the fans think one thing. Half the fans think another thing. It is exhausting. It was exhausting the first time, and I am not about to go through it all again now. I refuse. I hope that they don't travel back down this path, but if they do, I am not playing the the blame game. Not doing it at all. I'm not going to entertain it. It's done. We do not need to recycle old stuff. We need to move on to new stuff. I feel you. As soon as they started bringing up, the, just reliving all of the Delia thing, stuff, I was like, ugh. <laughs> Give me something new. Ellen also commented on last week's YNR chat saying, Allie, You know I'm a big fan, but I just can't accept your blasphemy about Adam and Sharon. You only mentioned the low points of their relationship. Uh, By the way, didn't he also leave her at the altar at one point? That was horrible, but there were years in the Michael Mooney era where their relationship was so deep and so intense. He accepted and respected her as she was, something I never got from from Nick and the Newmans. She was always someone to be fixed adam really loved her flaws and all not expecting perfection i loved their story obviously i didn't love all the dark and twisty turns the writer chose to take with them and i never felt that same fire between adam and chelsea justin hartley did a great job as that version of adam but for me it's almost as if they were twin brothers named adam newman mooney and hartley there were two different characters to me now here comes a new adam and maybe i will have to make room. For a new Adam, the triplets. (laughs) I agree with you 100%. You know it. The Adam, the Michael Mooney Adam and Sharon, New Orleans Saints, Magic. That was. A moment for me. Don't question, and I've said it. I said it last week. Don't question my love of the magic of Adam and Sharon. It's just that it was so long ago and so much more, I mean, a whole other actor played the role after that. I mean, I love it. I love it. I love it. If I could go back and and if I could go back in time and bring Michael Mooney back instead of what's going on right now and just reunite him with Sharon, I would be there in a second. It's just that then we just went so many other places. And I think uh, it's the um, uh, the last thing that ends up sticking in my mind maybe. Uh, but But the fact that I remember Adam and Sharon so fondly and so deeply – Speaks to how powerful that storyline was. Absolutely. And I loved how uh, you described it in terms of N- Sharon's relationship with Nick needing to be someone fixed or rescued versus Adam where she was accepted. And I think that is probably, as you say, uh, why that connection is so strong right now. Because now maybe it's Sharon who is seeing Adam not as someone who needed to be corrected, but someone who needed to be accepted and, and brought to Back uh, to his family, so I, I'm with you. I feel you there. Um, it's just that the uh, the dark stuff happened too, and the fact that I felt uh, I felt that Adam kind of chose Chelsea, and I did not. I will say, I mean, for the record, the magic of Adam and Chelsea does not match the magic of Adam and Sharon to me. It's just that Chelsea is the more recent. Chelsea's the one who's it's going to come back, and we have most of a chance of recapturing. Because Mooney ain't coming back to the show. You know, we're never getting him back. Ugh. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just felt like I had to kind of, I had no choice but to move on. And the Adam and Sharon stuff just got dark at the end. But you know, I you know I think we had Mooney, and that was his whole version, as you said. He's kind, of, it's kind of like two different atoms. Mooney was one thing, Hartley was another thing, and Grossman is going to be something entirely else. It's going to be nowhere near what we're used to. So I think the best thing probably to do is to create a little bit of a blank slate, if we can, and just be open to wherever a winner chooses to take him, because otherwise, you know, you just end up being like, you know, you don't get, you, you can't, it's harder to get into the story, the current story, if you're holding on so hard to the past stories. I, I do really kind of try to clear the cache a little bit, or otherwise, it's just kind of like, it's never going to be Adam and Sharon the previous magic. Like, they could pair Mark Grossman and Sharon Case right now, but it's never going to be Mooney and and Sharon, and Sharon Case. He just can't 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 capture the magic in a bottle. I wonder if they're going to try to recapture the Chelsea magic. See, this is the thing: the fact that he's so much younger than uh, Sharon and Chelsea makes me think. I don't even know if they're bringing Chelsea on back full time. I don't know if Adam is going to be paired with either Sharon or Chelsea. Maybe they're going to bring somebody on new for him maybe I I mean not again not that the age difference matters it's just that it's almost like a a visual uh, uh, indication of what direction maybe the writers are going to go with him because when I'm looking at new Adam amongst who used to be his peers he doesn't quite fit in uh, the same way that the previous actor did so I just wonder if maybe they're going to hook him up with Summer or like somebody a little bit younger than him or or what I don't know it is the, the 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 story, though. Everything else is just on the back burner. Adam is the front. And oh, I think it's just we're going to have to keep watching Grossman and see how he does and see how the fans react to him. That's why I want to see what your first blush reactions on the new Adam – if you go to yrchat.com and like give me the gut do you think you're gonna be able to get into this new atom was it a love connection thumbs up for you right away or are you gonna are you thinking you're gonna have to work on it in which case go thumbs down because I want to know I feel like I you know I like to be a positive fan I but I have to say um it's hard to flush the cash when it comes to someone coming in and taking over two for two other actors who played the role so memorably. Ugh, okay, I'm going to switch gears now. Robbie says, I'm really enjoying this Tracy Kane storyline. It is so different than anything else and it really stands out. Tracy has been a part-time character for so long, and it's really nice to see her on the show every day and having her own storyline. Yes, Robbie, see, it's not Tracy being a supporting role. Tracy has her own storyline right now. And it is fantastic. Joanne says, I agree. It is so nice to see Tracy with a bright smile and a twinkle in her eyes instead of being shown as always dealing with the ups and downs, mostly downs, of her family. Never a hint of having more in her life. I hope this storyline continues. It could be very interesting. I don't think Tracy has had a storyline of her own. Correct me if I'm wrong, but since Steve, I mean, she, she, well, she had Colleen, uh, Colleen's death, and this is this is a long time ago at this point, a decade ago, and then I think after Colleen died, she mentioned off screen that she, or she mentioned that off screen she and Steve had divorced, and I can't think of anything else that Tracy really has done since then, and that's ancient. So I, it's good. It's good, and it's not just good. I think that we're seeing Tracy with this smile on her face and her own story and something different and fresh. But we are putting Kane out of some of his misery too. Kane's got a cute little look on his face. Laura says it's lovely to see Kane's lovely smile. He is wearing this divorce well. (laughs) Yes, I know he does have a nice smile too, don't he? (laughs) Among other things. Diana says, I really loved when Tracy imagined seeing Kane shirtless for the first time. This is the first time that we've seen Tracy show a physical attraction to Kane. Mhm. Mhm. See, and that's the thing too. It's like she created Flynn out of her own imagination. So she could have created him to be anything. I mean, her ideal man. It's basically as if she was imagining up her ideal man. But then you snap into reality and there's Cain. So which is it? Is it both? It's a little bit blurry and I just love it. Oh, let's end on Shakona's idea here asking, will Tracy step out of her box and actually make a move? Okay, ooh, Shakona. Cuz can you can can you even imagine Tracy making the first move on Kane? <laughs> what would that even look like? I got to tell you, this is the most exciting thing on the show right now. Move over, Adam. <laughs> Tracy and Kane are what's lighting my fire. Okay, everybody. I hope you had a good time. I'm having a good time. (laughs) Go on over to YRChat.com. Leave all of your comments. Vote in that poll. And come back next week. We'll find out, hopefully, who shot him, who shot Adam, and and if Tracy's going to maybe smooch on up on Kane. Yeah, those are those are definitely my favorites right now. I'm looking forward to that. Okay, well, I will see you next Sunday. I love you guys. Have a really good week. Bye.